Hi, and welcome to the Safe Travels podcast. This is the show that helps you get rid of those travel worries so you can sit back and enjoy your trip. In this episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about travel insurance and coronavirus and how those two things work together. So it's an interview with Jeremy Merchland, who is the president of Seven Corners Travel Insurance. I wanted to have somebody on that can speak to some specific coverages, a few different scenarios, and answer some general travel insurance questions. Jeremy will be able to provide some tips on how to plan travel for the future as we work through this coronavirus situation. A lot of people are trying to get back to planning trips down the road, and it's helpful to be aware of how the coverage might help you. We'll also talk about some misunderstandings about travel insurance and try to clear those up for you. And he has a few other tips for worry-free travel. The show is less than 30 minutes, but there's a lot of good information in here. If you know someone that is confused about travel insurance in general, certainly with coronavirus, please forward this to them. It might help them out. So let's get started. Enjoy this short but very helpful chat with Jeremy from Seven Corners Insurance. Jeremy, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Damien, for having me on. Can you tell us a little bit about Seven Corners and what the company does? Sure, sure, no problem. So Seven Corners, we're a privately held international travel insurance and specialty benefit management company. We've been in business since roughly 1993, so I guess that puts us at about 26 years old. We service all different types of customers, international travelers like you and I, agencies of the U.S. government, foreign governments, corporations, and different types of insurance companies to help remove risk from their travel and people that they may have traveling overseas. So everything from vacation travelers to long-term visitors and things like that. Any and all the above. Yeah, people that might be just gone on a on a short weekend trip to the Caribbean or others that may be spending a longer period of time, a year or more at a time um, outside of their home. Okay. Digging into that a little bit more, I think a lot of people probably aren't very familiar with travel insurance in general. Can you give just a brief overview of travel insurance and what it covers? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, travel, travel insurance provides really, uh, call it emergency benefits and travel assistance for for people that travel outside of their home country, within their home country, um, what have you, there's there's really two kind of general types of travel insurance. At least we we classify them two different ways. The first is trip protection. Uh, trip protection is going to give you really three main types of coverage. First, there's the protection for your unused and non-refundable trip costs if you need to cancel, interrupt, or have a delay to your trip for a certain reason within the policy. Trip insurance can also protect your medical expenses if you get hurt or sick on your trip. And finally, trip insurance also covers your belongings that they're lost, stolen, or damaged while you're traveling. So really those three things. The other type of travel insurance we classify as travel medical. And it's it's just that. It's a, it's a plan that provides mostly medical benefits and emergency services that are important to people if they become sick or hurt while they're on a trip outside of their home country. So that, that one's really focused on a variety of wide benefits around the medical side of things, whereas the other is more, it, it has the medical, but it also has some of the other protections for your trip costs. Right. And which one's more popular? Well, you know, it, it really depends on the type of traveler, I would say, and it depends on the type of year and what type of trip people are, are protecting. It, interesting enough, in our business right now, it's almost split half and half. So about half of the people are buying trip protection, about the other half are buying travel medical only. I think if you're if you're spending a significant amount of money on a vacation and you're 
not only are you concerned about potentially protecting yourself if you get sick while you're on the vacation, but you're spending a lot of money on the trip itself, people are more likely to go for the trip protection. If somebody's traveling overseas, perhaps for a long period of time, it's just a flight, but they're staying with family or friends. They don't maybe have as much in trip costs and people are more likely just to get the travel medical side of things. It, what it boils down to is I think your, your investment and your, your risk tolerance for that investment is really going to impact which of those you choose. Right. I think a lot of people know about travel insurance through things like cruises or a package tour. In that case, are they typically thinking of trip insurance when it's mentioned to them? They are. And generally, they're thinking of trip insurance. You know, the interesting thing that people really have to watch out for when they're buying, call it trip insurance in, in what I may say, what I would call as the purchase path when they're booking their cruise or they're booking their vacation or they're booking their flight. Sometimes that trip insurance is very limited. It may be, maybe it's just covering trip cancellation or interruption. It may not have the travel medical benefits that independent travel insurance companies that their plans have. So it's always important that, that consumers, it, it, you always hear consumer beware, right? And that's, that's, that applies no matter what you're buying, who you're buying it from, but always make sure you're looking at your travel plans, what you're buying, you fully understand the benefits of what you are right. and aren't getting. So those types of plans might not be as robust. Is it made especially for the cruise line in that case? It, it very well. First, yes, that is correct. It may not be as robust. And secondly, oftentimes, because yes, it's it maybe it's very specific to what someone's buying or booking at the time. So there, there could be limited medical benefits or more limits on the coverage or the actual benefits being provided. It's just always important to make sure that what you think you're getting, you're actually getting. If you hear the the term travel insurance, don't assume that they're all the same, that everything yeah, includes it, everything. It's a very it's a very broadly used term that covers a lot of different things. And depending on who's selling it and who's distributing it, the the words travel insurance can mean different things. It's an area where there's a lot of insurance talk. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. A lot of insurance talk. And I always say to people that you know, insurance is complicated. It's a complicated thing, no matter what type of insurance, whether it's auto or home or, or what have you. And because it's complicated, this is one of those things where you really should, quote unquote, read the fine print. I don't know that it's fine, but just read the small print, read your policy documents, make sure you understand exactly what you're buying. So with uh, the timely events now with coronavirus, I'd love to just talk a little bit about how coverage could apply to coronavirus to the entire situation right now. It seems like there's a few areas where a traveler's insurance policy could come into effect. So if I can just lay out a few common examples, kind of some typical scenarios, and you can speak to how product like travel insurance could support them, that'd be great. No problem. So let's say I'm on a trip abroad, I have insurance, and uh, I were to get sick with coronavirus, actually be diagnosed. So- yeah, that so it can be covered. Um, and this is going to, I'll probably start all of my answers with this, but it can be co covered. However, again, travelers really need to read their plan document to make sure they know for sure. And the reason why is because all none of the plans are created the same. They all have slightly different languages or covered reasons. And because of that, some plans may actually exclude coverage if the traveler purchased the plan or traveled after certain types of warnings were issued. And those warnings could be the World Health Organization Emergency Travel Advisory or a CDC warning or a designated level such as a level three or level 
or travel warning or even other governmental agency related warnings. Some plans exclude coverage for those things and they some plans may also exclude coverage for epidemics or foreseeable events. So Coverage definitely varies by insurance company and by plan type. So it's going to be important that, that again, you read your policy, you understand what's covered, not covered. So in some cases, yes, but in some cases, no, unfortunately. Right. So you mentioned a few dates, whether it's a CDC warning or travel warnings. The idea there is that it's becoming no longer a unforeseen event. Is that the concept there? That's exactly right. A lot of a lot of insurance companies are going to say, "Hey, once it's once it's a foreseen event after a certain date." And by the way, some insurance companies they, they those dates differ by a day or two or three or what whatever number. Mm-hmm. But once it becomes a foreseen event, if you kind of travel to one of these areas that have been restricted or that you're warned against, it could be an exclusion and cause you not to receive the benefits in your policy, depending again on the policy and the carrier. So that's just as a kind of a side comparison with hurricanes. I know that it's similar where once a hurricane is named, that becomes that set date where uh, before it's considered unforeseen and after it's considered foreseen. Is that, that is that generally that's correct? Good- that's a good example because you know if you if you're booking a travel insurance plan right now for a cruise in the fall we don't know what hurricanes are going to happen in the fall but once once a hurricane is named in the fall if you go then buy travel insurance most of those benefits aren't going to apply if you need to, if you want to cancel your trip because of the hurricane or what have you so yeah it's very very similar in that regard so again back to the example I'm in Europe let's say I'm I'm staying healthy but whether it's now or even a few weeks ago I was just getting nervous and I would want to come home, cancel the trip, hop on a plane, come back home, and I'm losing the rest of my trip and hotel expenses and things like that. Would there be any sort of coverage for that? Well, that generally falls under what we're going to call trip interruption. And you need to, real, again, look at, the, you look at your policy, understand what the covered reasons are going to allow you to do and not do. So a lot of times kind of interrupting your trip or canceling your trip out of out of a fear reason is not going to be a covered reason. Now, if for example, I don't know, trip interruption occurs because you have to be quarantined and you can't go on the rest of your trip in whatever country you're in, you're quarantined or you're quarantined at home and you can't go, then that's a common covered reason which would apply to your trip because you've had to interrupt it. Other things are would be included if if there's sickness or if there's a death in in the family or you're called up to military duty, something like that. But those covered reasons are going to kind of vary by plan. Again, fear is not generally going to be a covered reason. Right. And you mentioned covered reasons. That's a section of the policy. It actually spells out what is covered. It, it usually does. And it's usually very upfront in the policy. So you don't have to read too far. And I think the final scenario I was going to mention is you purchase insurance for a trip coming up. And now with all this coming along, let's say it's in June and you just want to call it off. Does it fall into the same category where it, it needs to be listed for you to call that trip off and have any, any coverage for cancellation? It, it, yes and no. Um, there is an exception to that. I'll explain. So again, the trip protection and the standard trip cancellation benefit isn't going to apply if it's if it's canceled because of fear. But the, the only way to cover trip cancellation, if you want to cancel 
because of fear or frankly, any other reason that might not be a covered reason is if you add on the cancel for any reason benefit to your policy. Mm -hmm. So we call it CFAR, cancel for any reason. If you buy that at the time you book your trip, usually you have to you have to add cancel for any reason within 15 to 20 days of, of your initial trip deposit. It is going to increase the cost of the plan. But as long as you do that and ensure 100% of your non-refundable expenses, you can effectively call off a trip anytime you want. Now, you're only going to get back usually 75-ish percent of your trip costs. But if you get that canceled for any reason, it does kind of broaden the options you have down the road if you're just not comfortable going. So, And that's something that, let's say you're, you don't have insurance, you don't even have a trip plan, but a lot of people right now are trying to figure out when they could plan something, they might be being optimistic and, and picking a date in the summertime. Would that be the only option? As well, far I, as I'll goes? tell you, if I if I was if I was booking a trip right now um, for you know summer, I, I think especially early summer, given the situation we're in, I'd most certainly be buying travel insurance with cancel for any reason. Because again, you get to June and let's just play it out for a minute. If the if the travel restrictions are lifted. But perhaps where you're gone or there's still enough of a um, proliferation of the virus and the disease out there and you're just not comfortable going, putting your family at risk. But, you know, the cruise line hasn't canceled the trip or the airlines aren't offering refunds. Again, you're, you're in this situation where you're wanting to cancel out of fear. And because fear is not a covered reason, it's most definitely recommended that you have canceled for any reason to at least protect a big chunk of your trip costs. And I do believe a few companies have stopped selling CFAR. Is that right? Yeah, some have. I mean, I've I've seen I've seen some travel insurance companies stop selling travel insurance completely, especially overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, we are seeing it on an international basis right now. I think until until the dust settles, we we have not. We're still selling CFAR, but other I, I have seen it in other places. Okay. And did Seven Corners see a, a big increase in CFAR policy sales over the past month or so with the situation? Yeah, I, I think, well, you know, the first quarter of the year is generally a very busy time anyway for trip protection plans. The reason that is, is because we, in the travel industry, it's called wave season. And it's when a lot of cruise lines are offering deals for cruises in the falls and different vacations. And so that's a period of the year when we sell a lot of trip protection anyway. Add on the fact that at that time, this, what is now a pandemic, which wasn't a pandemic at the time, was was getting some legs showing up in the news. People were wanting to make sure they had extra protection and they were getting all the facts. So I think our sales team did a good job of explaining to people what the benefits were. And so we did see an uptick in CFAR sales in the first quarter of the year. Do you see, I mean, going into the future, even, even after this has passed, do you see changes to the product? whether it's changing the terms or the restrictions. I would imagine as it gets more popular, it becomes uh, a little bit tougher to underwrite from a, a financial standpoint. Well, yeah, I, I think I think CFAR, I, I'd be surprised if it was eliminated completely. I think it'll be a much popular option with travelers. I think what this, obviously what this situation is doing, it's, it's definitely creating more awareness about travel insurance. People may not quite understand what it is or how it works, but I think it'll probably still be out there. It remains to be seen whether there's changes in, in the benefit and, and maybe that's, who knows, maybe it could be how much is being reimbursed or the cost of the benefit or something like that on the other side of this. It's just so early. 
but I'd be surprised if it was if it went away completely. Yeah, it seems like a product that that could be pretty popular going into the future. Yeah, they, these are insurances protect and risk, and in the hope you never need to use it, right? So it's just unfortunate right now a lot of people have had to. So what are the main problems that you're hearing about regarding coronavirus with Seven Corners clients right now? Um, well, I think I think a couple of the things are you know people are just a bit confused about what their options are that maybe maybe they have to your point they've either they've canceled their trip already. Uh, without kind of checking into terms or or what have you, or they're they're unsure of whether or not they should cancel them in the future, and if they do, what what's going to happen? What are they going to be reimbursed for? We've spent a lot of time just kind of walking clients through what their benefits are. Again, do they have CFR? Do they not have CFR? Do they have just travel medical versus trip trip protection? So a lot of it's just confusion in light of what's gone on in the market. So we, we've seen a huge increase in kind of call volumes and contact volumes, emails, chats, everything, any way that people can contact us, they are. But we're, we're also recommending to people that are unsure what their options are to make sure that they contact their travel provider. Again, whether it's the cruise line or a tour operator, make sure they understand whether or not refunds are being offered or rebookings are being offered. Remember, travel insurance is going to cover only non-refundable trip costs. So a lot of cruise lines, at least in the near-term period, have been offering full refunds. So if the cruise line offers a refund, then your travel insurance doesn't have anything to reimburse. So it's always important to kind of go back to your travel operators or your travel providers to find out what they're doing. So a lot of question and answer right now, definitely a lot of confusion, but you know, that's, that's kind of what we're here for. I can see where it'd be confusing because it seems like a situation that insurance is purchased for, but like you say, it's hard to ensure the fear of something. Yeah, and, yeah, for and, sure. But in this case, you know, even though there are things like state department warnings and things like that, I know I've fielded questions from people that are under the impression that that should be a trigger to make it something that's insurable. But when you go back to the policy, it's really not in there. Do you see companies in the future, insurance companies, trying to add any sort of coverage or language for something like that? Because it seems like something that that could be insurable, it, yeah, it much, much like the naming of a hurricane by uh, NOAA. Yeah, you you know it definitely it definitely could be assurable, insurable. And how's the saying go? There's there's never a bad bad risk. There's just a bad price. I mean, anytime mm. you look to broaden the policy, the benefits, um, the triggers, the things that are covered, that that can certainly be done. And there may even be pressure to do that. And some insurance companies may want to be the first ones to do it to be able to say, "Hey, we've done this." But that's always going to come with a cost to the consumer, and those kind of cost benefits are, are going to have to be weighed by consumers and by the insurance companies, you know, maybe it's a benefit they, they can add, but it increases cost to the point where now, uh, you know, are we going to be able to sell it? And that, that's really what it boils down to. And they, well, you can cover everything, but it'd be too expensive. So you try and cover the things that cover most of the reasons that people need to cancel their trips or the most of type of medical emergencies. And so once you start getting into these areas where you do, should you now include state department warnings or should you include world health organization warnings or should you now include pandemics if your policy excludes it all of it can be done but it just always comes comes at a price right it could become a product that nobody wants to buy that's exactly yeah you price your you price yourself out of the market because again even as consumers they're weighing the risk is is what i'm paying for this insurance worth the uh, 
worth the risk. And if it gets so expensive because it covers everything, then they potentially don't buy it. Right. And that's how CFAR is kind of a little mini version of that product because it, it does cover a lot more, but it's more expensive and it, it's not a hundred percent coverage. That That's right. And so it, you know, it becomes, I always say in, insurance is math, both on, on our side as a company that sells it and underwrites it um, and develops products. It, it is truly a math equation a very complicated one, but math all the same. And it's the same thing for the consumers that are buying it. Every consumer is going to know their own risk tolerance and make decisions accordingly based on what they're willing to accept as risk. So just to summarize the coronavirus travel insurance situation, is there any way you can just, just wrap it up in general for people out there that are either insured or trying to plan something? Well, well, I think, I think the first thing is put safety first. You know, for me personally, I'm not rushing into anything. So, but when it's safe to travel, don't travel without travel insurance. That's the first thing. The second piece of that is if you have it, or you're thinking about booking a trip and getting travel insurance, make sure to review the plan document talk to the insurance company, ask questions, make sure you understand exactly what you're buying and what is covered and what is not covered so that, so that you have a full understanding before you go on your trip or before you book your trip on, on what your benefits are. That's great. So just moving a little bit away from uh, coronavirus, just travel insurance in general. Are there myths about travel insurance? I think we've probably chatted about a few of them, but a lot of assumptions or just things that people have in their minds that may or may not be true. Yeah, are there are there some common ones that you can debunk? Yeah, I, I would say I would say one of the biggest ones that we encounter the most is that many people think that their domestic health insurance is going to cover them when they leave the U.S. And it's simply it's simply not true in most cases. You know, you you need to know whether or not you have coverage while you're abroad and kind of what those limitations are. Reach out to your health insurance company and ask them. Uh, Medicare, for example provides coverage outside the U.S. only in a few very limited situations, just as, as one example. And it's also very important to know, should you have an accident, God forbid, make sure you have emergency medical evacuation protection for your trips. Because I'll tell you, it, it is not uncommon, especially when you hit peak travel season. And I always give this example, our, our business manager at, at my church, I think it's been two years now, um, he went on a trip with his family to the Dominican Republic, was simply in the beach with his kids, got hit by an errant wave, knocked over, um, hit the, the bottom of the ocean a bit odd, and caused an injury to his spine. Next thing you know, he's in a Dominican hospital that's demanding payment. He can't get back to the U.S. because his family didn't have enough cash to fly a air air ambulance back home. So they had to raise money on GoFundMe. It turned into this big thing because they didn't have travel insurance. And so if they had known or understood, uh, they might have had it. But a lot of a lot of consumers just don't understand that their domestic health insurance doesn't travel. Probably the other thing is simply if you're buying trip cancellation or trip protection insurance, a lot of people think, ah, I got, I got the trip cancellation. I can cancel for any reason, or I can, you know, don't worry if I don't want to go, I don't have to go. I've got this trip protection insurance. So again, that's because they, they're just buying on the headlines, but not understanding the details and the benefits. So those are probably the two biggest things. So on the second, that's kind of missing that covered list of reasons for cancellation. It is. It's just the, oh, here, buy your trip cancellation insurance. And people just, they, they're just buying on the names. Okay, this is trip cancellation insurance without understanding what they can actually cancel their mm -hmm. trip for, what it actually insures. I feel like a big problem of that is 
are booking sites and that final screen before you click buy and and it's usually a checkbox so you're not really in the insurance buying mindset you're you're booking your cruise and it's so easy to check that box but you don't really know what you're buying it is it's easy not to open those terms and conditions or the travel documents or the policies and and I get it. I, I think I think before I got in this business, I pro- I was probably the same. Well, I know I was the same way. So it's just knowing what I know now. And that's why we, we spend a lot of time as a company. We've invested a lot of time on, on content. A lot of the things we're doing are about educating consumers because we believe once, once people are educated on what travel insurance is and what it does and doesn't do, the fact is most of them are going to buy it. It's just in the, in the U.S., you don't. A lot of people don't understand it. So, when buying insurance, a lot of people they're worried about missing details or worried about buying the, the wrong policy. Are there common mistakes that travelers make in the buying process or in the research process that you can help give some tips for? Yeah, I think again, going back to the medical side of side of things, many people still don't buy travel insurance to cover their med- medical expenses. Our governing body, the USTIA. Uh, reported at one time that I think only 6% of American travelers buy travel insurance with medical coverage. People that do buy travel insurance are often buying kind of limited coverage type plans for trip can, trip interruption. I mentioned that a little bit earlier. So if they get sick or hurt while they're abroad, they don't have any medical coverage. And based on a lot of situations I see, that's, that's that's one of the most important things. And, and is that and then, most important for international? I mean, would that be the, the key there versus domestic? Definitely, definitely for international travel. Yeah, do, domestically, if you have domestic health insurance, you're generally going to be okay. But for, for international trips, cruises, make sure you have that that travel medical coverage, either as part of your trip protection plan or as a standalone travel medical plan. Great. So just to wrap up, I'd love to finish with a couple of quick tips, the key takeaways for people that are that are interested in something like this to protect a trip. Do you have any very simple buying tips for travelers? What are the key things to remember? Well, a couple things, like I've, I've said over and over here, make sure that you're buying something with travel medical insurance, that you have that medical evacuation coverage. Buy your travel insurance plan immediately after you book your first trip deposit. That makes sure you get you can access or you're applicable for any of those optional benefits um, and or any other additional benefits like pre-existing coverage. And again, I can't emphasize enough that medical protection is important. So whatever you're booking in terms of travel insurance, have that medical protection. That's great. So, and just to clarify on the second one, you said buying early. So what is early? How would you define that? Well, er- early is as soon as you make your first trip deposit, buy your travel insurance. There are certain conditions, especially in your trip protection plans that are tied to making sure that you buy your travel insurance within a certain period of time of your trip deposit. So rather than setting an alarm and beating around the bush, just buy it, buy it right away. And that makes sure you can do things like add CFAR on there, or there's oftentimes conditions or benefits like coverage for pre-existing conditions if you're traveling abroad. So make sure you're just booking at the same time as your as your trip. I see. If you wait, you can miss out on some of those things. Absolutely. That's 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 the short way of putting it. Yeah. Okay. That's great. And so just outside of the insurance world, do you have any top tip, best tip to remove travel worries for the listeners? Probably the two biggest ones right now. I mean, the first one is anytime and certainly right now for the second, but the first is make sure you have copies of your travel documents 
with you. We hear stories all the time of people losing losing their passports or you know visas or what have you. So make sure you've got copy of your travel documents on your phone. And I would also always have a cop leave a copy with a family member or, or a trusted friend. That way, if something happens to your phone, you can access those. If you can access your travel documents and you have to go to an embassy to to get a new passport, it makes life a lot easier for you. So that's an important one. The other thing is uh, go to travel.state.gov. It's the U.S. Department of State Smart Travel Enrollment Program. You get latest safety and security information for your destination, any travel warnings, and also signing up gives the embassy or consulate a way to contact you in case of emergency. So that's really just a, it's a great safety measure. It's easy to do, takes a few minutes. So definitely do that and and make sure you got copies of your travel documents. That's all the time that we had today with Jeremy. Thanks for listening. Hope this has shed a little bit of light on travel insurance, specifically with coronavirus, and how to start planning for future travel. Please share this if you know someone that might find it helpful. Thanks again. Safe travels.